So I was very encouraged this morning um, and um, about uh, the theme that you guys have um, of Thanksgiving today. Amen? Amen. And uh, it reminded me of a scripture. I want to read two scriptures and then I want to extrapolate a little bit if you uh, allow me to, uh, to uh, dive in the Word of God and see what the Lord has for you today. And I would like to read something uh, of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18. So please apologies for my Dutch English. I don't have that nice British accent. I wish I had. Um, I'll try my best. There we go. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18. A very familiar voice. It says, Rejoice always. Amen? Yes. Come on, somebody says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. There we go. We did that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Somebody says, in all circumstances. In all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Now let's just flip quickly to Mark chapter 12, verse 40, 41. Mark 12, 30, uh, verse 41. It's in the Gospels. And I'm going to read from there. Jesus sat down opposite to the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worthy, worth only a few cents. And then he called his disciples to him. He said, Jesus said, I truly, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, and some translation says, out of her loss, put in everything, all she had to live on. Amazing part, right? Amen. How many of you want to be noticed by Jesus as you're giving thanks to the Lord? Amen. Amen. I would love to. If he would hear and I would give something, then I would really would love that he would notice me. It's kind of interesting story about this little widow here that um, she was poor and had a loss. And um, kind of interesting to see that Jesus noticed her thanksgiving. Yeah. Among all the gifts that were given, out of the wealth that was given, this particular lady gave something to Jesus, and um, Jesus noticed that. Mm. And I, I like to think about four stages that we see in Christianity. Amen. Uh, I would say four, I would say movements in Christianity religion. And the very first one that we recognize is some very smart people, smarter than me, that came up with this. But they said, the first stage you recognize in somebody's life is cleaning up. Mm. Cleaning up. Amen. So once you get to know Christ, there's a desire to clean up things. Because you realize now, you know, you've been saved. And you want to clean up your life to the standard, the moral standard that is around you. So the second part is that you grow up you grow up to become more like Him. And I like that when we saw on the, on, the, on the banner here, it says that we wanted to be more like Him, mm. um, being like Jesus. So we want to grow up. Now, sadly, some of our men don't grow up. You like women? Right? <laughs> yeah. We keep on being small little boys. Uh, but growing up a process of, of, of maturity that we growing into. But there's a third process that people describe as waking up. Mm. Waking up. So there's a difference between cleaning up and waking up. And then the fourth stage would say showing up. Now let me just try to unwrap a little bit on waking up. Now waking up is a sense of, of, of actually, mm, I would say, distance between you and God. 
it often comes to you when you're going through a, a period of loss. Yeah. It comes to you when you're given it all and then suddenly things is in a loss in your life. It's where you wake up to your, your actually your sense of separation between God and you or even God and others. It's when you come to the end of yourself. Paul would actually describe it as you know, coming to the place where it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And that's a wake-up moment. It's a, this John is actually dead to the old. So I'm trying to you know, clean up my life, and I'm trying to become more like him and growing up. But there's suddenly in our lives, God allows us to wake up. Yeah. A wake-up moment where you think there's no longer me, but it's Christ in me. Uh, it's yeah. no longer I that wants the blessing, but it's I want to be the blessing. Yeah, right. It's actually right. when you yeah. flip around, yeah. when you discover yeah. that not so much your world is spinning around you, but that actually your world is spinning around God. Mm. Yes. So waking up. So um, a lot of times in the first two stages, um, you know, the cleaning up and, and the growing up, the, often the basis and motivation of our thanksgiving is based on what God has done for us. Yeah. So a lot of times you come to church and, and we worship the Lord, we thank Him for what He has done for us. But usually that's the premises of, of the first two stages. So when you're in the first two stages, usually you think like that, Oh God, I thank you Lord that you've healed my body. I thank you Lord for this work. I thank you've done this for me. So now who is the main character in the story? But in the latter two stages, there is this odd connection between gratitude and suffering. Between having a loss and giving. And this widow in the Gospel of Mark had suffered a loss. And despite of her loss, she put everything into the basket. Don't you find it interesting enough that through suffering, through pain in our lives, through hurts that we've come through, through the hardships of life, it's often that we find a deeper meaning for thanksgiving, yeah. the expression of gratitude to yes. our God. Amen. So often hardship, suffering speaks to us. We feel that God is far away when we go through suffering. Uh, we go through a checklist. Did I pay my tithes? Did I worship enough? Did I proclaim enough? Oh, maybe I just didn't believe the word enough. Or maybe I didn't access the presence or enough or whatever. And we go through a checklist of things. But a lot of times God allows us to go through suffering because suffering speaks to us in a way that it says, you know, you might be feeling away from the Lord. You might, the Lord might be different, a, a distance from you. Mm. He might be far away from you. That sense of feeling, am I abandoned? But then when we wake up, we realize that God is closer to us than the thought of separation. Mm. God is so much closer to you and me than the thought of separation. And that is God who embraces our humanity, our fragile humanity, yeah. our pain, our hurts, our grief, with His divinity. Yeah. Right. So that even in our circumstances, we'll be able to rejoice. Yeah. That's yeah. what Paul was talking about. Mm. He says, you don't have to be glad for all the circumstances. He didn't really say that. You know, he said, just that you're able to rejoice in all circumstances. Because you know that you know that this God left His Godliness, became human and embraced your humanity and brokenness so that you become whole in Him. So our thanksgiving today is not solely on the premises 
of what God has done, but because of who He is. Who is Jesus to you? He's more than a witch doctor, or He's more than just to put a flip a coin in the machine and get something out of it, you know? That's not real. That's what we call charismatic. Yeah. No, we're talking about a relationship with Jesus, yeah, exactly. where it's giving and taking, and in relating to Him, yeah. it's actually when we surrender to Him, He becomes all. Amen. Amen. So, I would like to watch a little movie with you guys, to underscore this odd connection between suffering and, and actually thanksgiving and gratitude. And it's about a little boy that receives a very unusual gift in his life. And after we watch this little movie, um, I, would take the, I would like to take time to just go a little deeper in our thought line there. Can we yeah, do that? Yeah. And I want to highlight three things about this little movie that I hope will bless your life. Okay, can we watch it?
the movie? Yeah. yeah. It's quite a, a quite a nice movie, huh? When I first saw that, I really actually had to cry. <laughs> so the question is, did you notice the boy? And what did you see? This boy had a wounded heart. And when you have a wounded heart, your heart is grieving. And there was a loss in his life. You see, whatever happens in your and my life, <coughs> there's one particular thing that we have to realize. And that is, when you go through a loss, it's okay when you mourn. But whatever you're mourning, don't develop a wounded heart. Mm. Don't. You see, people may say bad things about you. Someone may betray you. Another person may even disappoint you. She or he is a Christian and left you. You may have suffered some <coughs> deep loss in your life because of family being robbed away from you. Maybe you have, just like this boy, suffered an illness or a sickness. Mm. And now you're not able to function in a no normal way, you were thinking by yourself. Life is not always fair. Sadly, life just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But it's important to keep your heart right. Mm. And whatever you go through the stage of life, mourning is a process and it's good, but don't develop a wounded heart. People who have a wounded heart often act their pain out on, out on other people. So they pull themselves away from others, they shut themselves you know, up, they withdraw from church, they withdraw from fellowship, um, some only, uh, you know, they end up going just only by gaming, you know, sitting like this little boy in the, on, the, on the couch with closed windows, there's, there's no interaction. Some others go and have other addictions. Or they become very irritated, become very angry. In some cases, they start fighting with those they actually love the most. Mm. And so they become a person that hurts somebody else. Mm. They start even fighting or even, you know, bullying at school. See, a wounded heart is a heart that needs healing. Amen. And the Bible says that we have to take responsibility for our hearts. And Proverbs 4.23 says, it says that we have to guard our hearts because all life flows out of it. So yes. it's important that we are responsible for our heart because it makes a way for your life. Amen. 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 So whatever you go through in life, whatever disappointment you face, whatever circumstance that seems out of control, the whole, the whole key here is not to develop a wounded heart. Yes. You see, there's only one person in all of the universe that truly knows what to deal, how to deal with this wounded heart. That's Jesus. Amen. There's only one person that knows the, the status of your heart, where you are wounded, how much pain you're actually carrying with you inside of yourself, even if you may have buried it for many years ago, as you're still living your life and maybe you're full in leadership in church, but yeah. still carry this little grief inside of you, but somehow, if you don't speak it up, it will, you'll act it out. Mm. And it will just pop up. Yeah. And you think, what's happening with me? But there's only one person that knows the status of our heart, who knows how we think about ourselves, who knows what in the depth where we are really struggling with. And to, to, and to come there, it's, it's a vulnerable thing, eh? To mm. allow Jesus to come in the most deepest part of your heart. But when he comes there, he promised to heal the broken heart. Mm. Jesus said that he would heal the broken heart. He would be broken so that 
we could be made whole. Amen. He would be wounded so that our wounds could be healed. Amen. And He would bring us back to a place of abundance and blessing, like a good shepherd that would bring His flock back to the place of a green pasture. Amen? Amen. So Jesus invites us to come to His table and to be vulnerable with our broken heart, our wounds in our heart, and allow that to heal in His presence. Amen? Amen. And so that's the whole key in Christianity. Christianity is giving and losing. It's living and laying down. Amen. It's a process of constantly giving back to the Lord. And so this also is a place to come back at His feet, knowing that He loves us Amen. and He doesn't reject us. But he brings us back to a state of wholeness in him. Amen. That's the waking up. That's Amen. when we come to be more like him and show up. Yeah. Now the second thing is, this little story really reminds me of another story. There was a guy who also had a loss. He and his father, they, the, 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 the wife of the, of the husband and the mother of the son, they, she passed away through cancer. So both of them, going through a time of grieving. This boy was about, I would say, 12, 12, 13, and growing up as a teenager with his father, going through the morning stages, you know, basically their hearts got more and more separated from one another. They became angry and bitter. They became more and more um, in fighting with one another. So the father prayed and prayed how to reach the boy's heart, but eventually he couldn't. He just simply couldn't. The, guy, the boy's heart was closed. And one day this guy turned 18, and uh, so, so, so he knew his birthday was coming up, and, and he had one particular gift that he would love from his father. So he made sure about six months ahead of his birthday, he would drop, Dad, I like this car. It was kind of like this T Ford mobile, you know, Ford T, you know, Ford, whatever T. And he said, I love Dad, I like this car. And so he dropped it six months, five months, and just sneaked it in, you know, when he had a meal, Dad, I love this car. And the dad, you know, being a dad, you know, he picks up all the signs, and so basically he thought, well, I'm going to buy him this car for him. So, the day happens, the guy's birthday. So, the father invites him to come into the office, right? And so, and he puts his son down at the desk, and he said, son, I know our relationship has been very painful. It's been hard. And we've missed one another quite a bit. And he said, but you know what? I love your mom so dearly and I love you too because you remind me of her every day. And I want to give you a gift out of all of my love for you in the hope that we can restore our relationship. So he brings out a little box and the boy, the guy, is really excited. Now, this might be the key, right? So, so he just gets this little box and then he looks at the box, it's kind of funny, it's kind of a little bigger than normal, it's heavier than normal. So he opens up the wrapping paper, he takes it away, he opens up the, oh my goodness, it's, it's a book, it's a little book. It's a book! Oh my, this is a book! Dad, I wanted the keys! And he got so angry, and he picked the book, and he threw the book right into the office. And he stormed out of the office, closed the door, picked his bag, run away from home, and never ever came back into this house. Never. He got married, got children. And about, I would say, almost 25 years later, this guy never saw his dad. One day got a phone call. 
picks up the phone and this stunning voice on the other side said, Son, is this you? The boy got shocked. This dad's calling me? He didn't give me the present I want. He said, Son, I, I really need to talk to you. And so what happened was, the father was sick and got cancer and didn't have much time to live. He said, I miss you so much. I want to be with you. So the boy totally, you know, didn't know what to do. Hang up the phone after being, so he decided to do his wife that he, he just wanted to call in now and then. And so they started to call back and forth because he, you know, moved across states. So, so there was no way for meeting him. And, you know, what, you know, what, how do you, how do you restore a relationship that you walked away from for 25 years? How do you do that? So he walked away and, and, and he basically started, okay, I'm going to phone him. So now, but the phone calls got longer and longer. First, you know, a few minutes, then 10 minutes, then more. So at the end of the day, this relationship grew on the phone. So the son said, you know, to his wife, I said, honey, I think I need to go to my dad and visit him. And she said, go, it's time. So he booked his tickets, basically waited on the flight to go. Guess what happened? On the way he was traveling to, his father died and passed away. Sadly, he never spoke to his dad. So the boy, guy, came into the house and everything was exactly the same as he left 25 years ago, right? So as it was tears rolling on his eyes, he went to the office where that final meeting was when he said goodbye to his father. He went to the office and he opened up the door and everything was exactly the same and he was sitting behind the desk of his dad and he opened up a drawer and guess what? The little box was there. So you know, he opened the box again and did you know what was in there? It was a little book. And in the little book was the Bible, actually, of his mother. And it was a little note. He said, son, I can give you everything you want in the world. But this thing that your mother had, and I believe you. It's the word of God. It's the key to life. But then in the Bible, as he was flipping through the Bible, the little Bible of his mother, there was a key. A key. With tears in his eyes, he walked down to the garage. He opened the garage. And under a curtain, it was exactly the same color. Ah. Wounded hearts. Right? But this brings me to point number two. God's gift to us often comes in a strange package. Like this little boy in the, in the little clip, like the story of this guy with the, with the car key. You see, you saw the reaction of the boy when he opened up and he saw this little dog with a weird kind of leg. Did you saw that the, the package was strange? And he actually wanted to throw away. And so often in our lives, God does things in our lives, in the background of our lives, yeah. that is different than that we can actually comprehend. Right. We have a list of how things have to go. Mm -hmm. But when God does things, He does it in a different way. 
He usually allows us to, to be more dependent on Him, but we want to actually take control. That's actually kind of the maturity of the first two stages, you know? But when you wake up, you actually understand, no, I, I cannot do, I can't have the control. God is in control. I gotta trust Him yes. for what He is doing. Amen. I gotta lean back in His presence yes. and know that He's working it out for the good of me. Oh. I don't understand it how, I don't see it maybe, but I don't want to throw away what God is bringing me in my life. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Because you can throw away the gift because the package or the wrapping is not the mm. color that you like. But always remind yourself, God's presence comes in a different package. And so I discovered in my life, in multiple occasions, that God would bring things about in my life that I would say, huh? Why? But if I would have a harder than wounded heart, I would never actually accept the gift that God would give. A bit of a funny gift. About a year ago, around this, I have a little bit on this time, we discovered that my wife got pregnant again. <laughs> and uh, it was number fifth, you know, yeah. like number five. And then we're kind of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was going through a red light zone for about three weeks, you know, like kind of like red in my mind, like, no, this is no go. It is impossible. How do we get five children? We don't have a house for that. I don't have the means for that, blah, 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 blah. And I was, pre I was kind of a bit angry as well. Yeah. And uh, I was almost about to throw away the gift. Right. Because the wrapping I didn't like, to be honest. But, but the interesting thing is that this little baby that was born in April, of uh, January this year, actually transpired a series of events mm. in our lives that would bring us back. And I was just pondering as, I, as we talk about Thanksgiving, and I was I said, Lord, this year you've changed so much in my life. Mm. Things I would dreamed, even couldn't dream about, or even I, I didn't have the faith to pray for a bigger house. No, why do we pray for a big house? You know, but the Lord blessed us. Yeah. And I, and, and it was an impossible things. All right. You know, it was kind of like a, a mountain to climb that I couldn't climb. You know. But this baby changed my life around. Amen. In a way that is, although you know we do have uh, sleepless nights like. Last night. <laughs> so just be careful about the wrapping. Right? <laughs> anyway, Jacob 1.17 says, Every good gift and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. There's no changing in shadow. Amen? And so we want to believe that. That God has a gift for your life. Amen. And sometimes the wrapping is a little weird. But yeah. you know what? It is always, right. always for yeah. good. Amen. Amen. Because Absolutely. it doesn't give you an unperfect gift. Mm. And that brings us to point number three. Mm. Everybody of us, we go through difficult things in our lives. Mm. Like this little dog might also have a loss in his life. I don't know why. You know, maybe he was born in this form. Maybe he got an accident. But interesting enough is that, that what was imperfect is used by God to bless something else, right. somebody yeah. else. Mm. And so this is also for us. Mm. In many ways, God uses that what is broken in our lives. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. He uses that to bless somebody else. Amen. And that is what we call show up. Mm. So when you talk about the four stages, about cleaning up in life, trying to be the better Christian, Trying to do it all right, like a son, grow and maturity, da da da, you know. Mm. We learn how to speak, preach, and take in tongues, and flip around, and dance, and shout glory. But in the end of the day, you'll always be faced with a wake up moment. And then, when you go through that motion, 
you realize that your humanity and your brokenness God will use to bless others. Amen. It's not your perfectness. It's not how well you preach the word. It's not how good you can quote every scripture. But it's the fact that your brokenness is being embraced by the divinity of God that allows you to be a hope for those who don't have hope. Those who don't have those who have suffered and don't know where to go. You see that little dog that looked ugly without that, you know, with a fourth leg, that became a hope bringer to this boy who didn't have any hope either. You brought the sunshine back in his life. And that's what we also want to see. God wants to use you and me to bring hope to somebody else, to bring life to those who don't have life. And now this family who also prayed and they got a baby and suddenly they found out that this baby was a handicapped baby, a mentally handicapped baby. And the doctor said, this, this boy will never grow, grow normal. You know, it, it will always be disformed. It will, always, it will be a drag. Maybe he should have bought this. But they felt, okay, we don't, we don't understand the strange package here, but we want to allow this gift that you've given us and embrace it, right? They, they went through all the stages of why, but they ended up saying, okay, Lord, you are in control. Mm. Even though through suffering, yeah. I rejoice in you. Amen. I'll be glad in you. Yes. I'll give my thanksgiving to you. Yes. And so what they did, they, they kept the baby, and the baby grew, and it was a rough, rough, rough years. You know? Many times they, they would look, like, oh, Lord, what, what do we do with this? Mm. And one day, they decided, as they were, to write down the whole story of this boy's life. Now they actually go into places where other families who have suffered, where have, they have similar difficulties because of the children being handicapped, they go there and bring the word of God to places to bring hope, how to live a life and see this as a gift and not as a burden. And even they go so far that one day they said as a family, oh, we're so touched by the injustice that some children suffer around the world. So they're going to do a triathlon mm -hmm. with that handicapped boy in the back of the little boat and the father would swim 20 k's, mm -hmm. then do a marathon, and then go cycling with the boy next to him mm -hmm. to bring hope to those who don't have hope. Mm -hmm. You see, once you wake up, you realize it's Jesus. Amen. And I'm living for Him. Amen. And because of Him. Amen. And therefore I'm surrendering my life. And that's when we show up. Amen. That's where we show up. Amen. So today I, I want to encourage you this morning. I'm maybe not a real African speaker and get you all riled up from the chairs. But... <laughs> but I want to, I want to give that thought to you today. Is your heart still suffering? In an area, if you were truly honest, have you have you let Jesus into your heart in that area, so you can bring healing? Maybe you had a dream and it's gone. Maybe there's some tears that you've been shed. Maybe there's some worries that you carry because of your family back home, your brother, your son that's not following the Lord. Maybe tonight, today, when we are are thinking about thanksgiving, maybe we shouldn't be thanking the Lord for what He particularly has done, but for the fact that He is Emmanuel, 
God with you in all circumstances. Can we stand? I just want to do a very symbolic little thing. If you have a pain in your heart that you carry, something that you've gone through, maybe it could be very little, eh? it doesn't need to be big, but it could be something little. Just put your hand on your heart and then let's pray together and ask the Lord to take our broken heart and make it whole. And that we don't longer just praise Him just because what He has done, even though that's the correct thing to do, but we want to praise Him for who He is. That He doesn't disregard our brokenness. He doesn't go past our... No, no, He embraces our humanity. He embraces our suffering. And He's God with you. So you can truly rejoice. Truly rejoice. Under all circumstances. A rejoicement that comes out of the concept and the knowledge that you know that you know, I am loved by God. There's nothing that separates me from Him. I have a place at His table. I'm, I'm His beloved. I'm set free and healed in Him. Even though my wrappings isn't always you know, looking well. But the gift of God is through Jesus Christ made everything new again. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift that you gave us through the fact that you were obedient to the Father and willing to die on that cross for us. We stepped away, Lord, from the godliness that you have, the unity that you have with the Father, so that you could identify with us in life all that we're going through, and that you also made a way so that we could make, be made new through your Spirit that lives in us. Lord, as Paul said, to know Christ is more. Father, we want to come to that place of the end of ourselves and waking up to the understanding that you're closer than a thought. You're closer to us than the thought of being separated from you. Because your love is always there. And Lord, when we make choices in our lives based on some of our woundedness in our hearts, but you don't just jump over it. And, no, Lord, you gently take that steps and, and choices and you carry them in, in, in your arms and you bring us back to a place of healing. And Lord, you also not only doesn't give us healing, Lord, but then you give, us, you give us the promise that you will be with us and that in you we are more than conquerors, that through you we can do all things. Lord, that with you we can jump over all kinds of situations, knowing that's not John anymore, but it's you. It's you living in me. And so, Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are mindful of us. The psalmist says, who are, you? Who are we that you are mindful of us? And yet you do care. 
You care so much. And I just want to prophetically speak out for some of you that there are some burdens in your heart and especially in the area of relationships and, and, and there are some things that you're struggling with and, but the Lord says, I am mindful of you. I'm all, already working at the back of your, in the, in the behind the scenes of your lives, making a way where you don't see there's a way. Bringing something forth that you would not believe would be possible. But I am God, and I am with you, because through you I want to display my glory. So less of you, more of me. And so Lord Jesus, here we are. Just simple people. And I want to say we love you. And thank you. Thank you for what you've done, but mostly because of who you are. Because you are so great, so loving, so caring. You're so consistent, Father. You're so faithful. Lord, you're so, you're so beautiful. Lord, you're worth following. Lord, you're worth to be obedient to. Because you are God. And we acknowledge you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.